1: Listen, you already know this, but it's an election year. You might already be tired of hearing about it, but here's the thing. Democracy doesn't work without you. I'm Holly Fry, and I'm sitting down with many of my fellow podcasters from Will Farrell to Stephanie Ruhle, as well as other luminaries to find out about their relationships with the ballot box and ultimately just to find out why they vote. I hope you're exercising your right to vote. And if you're not, I hope that their stories inspire you. Welcome to today's episode of Why I'm Voting. Today's guest is one I have been particularly excited to have on. It is Baratunde Thurston, who is an activist and a writer and comedian. He worked for The Onion. He produced for The Daily Show. He also did, but in my opinion, is probably the best TED Talk ever you ever just need to both laugh and get informed about the state of our world, that's the place to go. And he is also the host of the podcast, We're Having a Moment, and he's a voter. Baratunde, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me, Holly. I am a voter, and I'm happy to be here with you right now. Thank you. Oh,
1: like I said, I'm so excited. <laughs> Do you recall when you realized that the democratic process was something you had a little sliver of power in?
0: Ooh, do you know, my first memory of sort of the democratic process and power was going to a demonstration with my mother as a child in Washington, D.C., and marching down the streets and feeling connected to all these other people around me. And I felt even more empowered as a high school student, a larger child, uh, as I sometimes like to refer to it as a larger child. And, uh, and doing a, a protest after the, the police terribly beat Rodney King and a bunch of us were so upset, we went outside the Department of Justice to let our voices be heard. We were not allowed to vote at that time, but we could show up with our bodies and our voices and our feet. And that felt empowering because it felt like we weren't alone and, uh, and that we weren't crazy like other people thought the same way we did, which is a really satisfying thing. Voting would come a little later in my life. Yeah,
1: so how did you learn about voting? Like when you were a kid, do you remember thinking like, wait, I get to have a say in this?
0: I'm rolling back to the 50,000 years
1: ago
0: <laughs> for, for that lesson. You know, I, de- I remember the corny Schoolhouse Rock video. I remember in the 90s, that 92 Clinton campaign and a friend in high school was volunteering for the campaign trying to get people to vote for Bill Clinton at the time. And I didn't go with him, but I knew he was like going door to door, like visiting strangers houses, which <laughs> I was like, I did that, but that was to sell popcorn for the Boy Scouts to make some of his money. What are you selling? You right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to sell a better America. And I was like, okay, whatever <laughs> kid. But you know, maybe a decade later, a little less, I would do the same thing when I was, just out of college in Massachusetts, a door-to-door salesman for democracy would show up at my apartment. He was running for the state Senate. And I liked him. And some, you just like meet a person, like, you seem like a real person. Like, I think I know what a politician is, but you strike me as human. <laughs> he said, "You know, would you consider doing this with me? Canvassing, going door-to-door, trying to drum up votes in your neighborhood. And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? Like, that's kind of a weird thing. Why are you trying to rope me into your scam?
1: <laughs> is this a pyramid scheme? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, what's the catch? And it's like, the catch is you'll get to know more of your neighbors and understand the process and feel more connected to your power and civil society. And I was like, I don't know, buddy, this sounds shady. But I did it because I just liked his energy. And it was like a good excuse to meet my neighbors who I didn't really know after living in this place for years. So I went door to door for a state Senate candidate in Somerville, Massachusetts. And I met my neighbors in a way that I never would have before. I voted for him and he lost badly, but that wasn't my fault. You know what I mean? Like I did my part (laughs) and hopefully I at least increased voter turnout. There's a chance we turned off some people, you know, we definitely stopped by one guy's place who had a giant Confederate flag in his house, which I just didn't expect in Massachusetts. Right. It's not in the brochure for the state of Massachusetts uh, that's your neighbors. It was me and a Jewish dude going door to door and we come across. It's like a bad joke. Right. It's like a black guy and a Jewish guy <laughs> walking into this man's house. There's a big Confederate flag. OK, here we go.
1: <laughs> now, you were obviously politically active very, very young. Did you register right away when you turned 18 or did you wait?
0: I don't remember. I turned 18 when I was in college. And I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I went to college in Massachusetts. And I don't think I voted in college. There's a chance I did the absentee thing, but I'd have to check the records. And I know there's a lot of fact checkers out there on the Internet and in the potosphere. So I'm not claiming things. I'm saying I don't know, Okay. But what I do remember, the first vote I remember was in Massachusetts. And I'll never forget it. It was at a fire department, which I had a huge love for. Because as a kid, there was a fire department at the end of my block. I registered my bike there. They let me slide down the pole like with one of them for safety. And they bought a lot of that Boy Scout popcorn from me. So like they were loyal, you know, when the streets aren't always loyal, but my firefighters (laughs) had my back um, and they stopped fires, which is like a bonus. But mostly it was the popcorn sales and the getting to check out their hang that I really appreciated. So the chance to return to a fire department for the first time since I was a little child was very exciting. And I rollerbladed to... The fire department to vote
1: yes that means you had to wear them while you I were had, voting yes and i felt
0: like i am active in democracy like <laughs> i win what do i win and they're like your rights i don't know like what do you want kid? but i was it was very uh i was motivated i was literally <laughs> motivated to get there and cast my votes.
1: You're like, I voted and I got a leg workout. I feel like maybe two stickers today. Yes,
0: yes, (laughs) I, I won all the things that day.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, a local politician coming to your door and talking to you because local politics gets a little bit trickier to research and learn about. You can't presume... All of the people that are going to be on your local ballot are coming right to you to talk to you about the issues. So how do you do research for local elections?
0: A few days ago, I learned about this invention uh, that's called the Internet. What? And it's crazy cool. It's like radio (laughs) plus TV plus the library plus strangers screaming at you all in one place. (laughs) It's magical. It's a magical kingdom of mostly information, occasional misinformation. So I have a, a loose system of trying to understand what's going on with elections. And it depends on where I'm living at the time and what's going on. Most recently, I'm new to Los Angeles. And I was blessed to have a friend who created uh, an email list of folks saying, look, we have this primary election coming up. And I know we're all busy, so why don't we divide up the areas and, like, you take this race, you take that race, and just educate us and tell us who to vote for. Like, we all have the same sort of value system, <laughs> but there's so many different jobs. And then California's wild because they've got initiatives and people's referenda and, like, crazy stuff we didn't yeah. do back on the Like, there's extra democracy out here. I'm like, y'all are crazy out there in Cali. And now I live here. <laughs> so I got to learn about all these initiatives and whatnot and prop- propositions, they call them. So we divided and conquered on that one. Other times I have deferred my first past research to an organization whose judgment I really respect. So when I lived in New York right. City, there was this group called the Working Families Party. And I was like, I like working. I like families. That's my party, you know? And I appreciated their progressive values because that's where I align. And they do a lot of robust research. So they give me like a first pass. And then I will go and look at the websites of the candidates. If I'm feeling really nerdy and geeky, like democracy geeky, I'll try to watch some of the local forums or town halls or debates. Sometimes the local cable access channel will throw that stuff up on their YouTube. Versions of that. And then the social media accounts of the folks themselves, uh, of course. But I like to see them interacting if I can. And I like to try to do some sort of journalistic level, like what's been written about these topics or about these people's stances and backgrounds.
1: There have been a few people that have mentioned that they have like friend community study groups. And I'm like, why is everybody not doing this to yeah. do aggregated knowledge? It's the best.
0: Here's a little little tip, right? Sometimes you get in that voting booth and this year it might be more on the absentee mail-in front. And you're like, I missed this one. Like what is on this ballot? You come prepared to vote for like, mayor or governor or president. And then they're like junior assistant deputy judge for hockey played by neighborhood dogs. You're like, I didn't even know we could vote for that. What is that? <laughs> and then again, there's this internet thing. So I'm like doing rat like, you know, you cram in school for like, I will admit to having crammed in the voting booth sometimes and be like, okay, where'd their money come from? What did they position take on this? oh, you're like a terrible person. Okay, I can't vote for you. And so I don't want to make like a blind or totally uninformed vote. And so thankfully we have pocket internet to help supplement what I thought was a prepared position I had walking in there.
1: Well, you got to make sure the hockey dogs are safe.
0: Yes, (laughs) because they have rights too. And dogs playing hockey, like actually I would really, I would pay for that.
1: You've invented a new sport today.
0: And maybe a new political platform.
1: There you go. (laughs) dogs <laughs>
0: who would vote against that I'm gonna win everything
1: <laughs> Obviously we're in a strange situation at the moment due to the pandemic but normally is your preference to do a mail-in vote to be an early voter or to go day of
0: Oh I like day of it's a party um, I'm a social person and I'm a nosy person and there's very few places where you get to see that many of your neighbors and so uh, I like a party I like a gathering I like a conference and uh, and I like to see what people are wearing. Voting day is also just like a fashion show. It's like, what are you rocking? Oh, full like Dickies on pants and Dickies as a shirt and the Tims. Yo, that's cool. Okay, that's that's a look. <laughs> and then you get to check out people's buttons, you know. And then, and what I really like, honestly, is like the last minute sales pitch right outside the booth. Like I guess they're not allowed to campaign in your face in the voting booth. Yeah. But just as you're approaching, there's like some sort of restraining order on <laughs> campaigning. And so 100 yards or 300 yards, it probably varies by jurisdiction. There's people doing these last-ditch efforts, and that amuses me. It sort of inspires me, and I find it entertaining. So going day of lets me see who I live with. And I've lived in a lot of different places in this country, and a lot of different parts of of cities. And I I get disappointed sometimes that I don't know as many people as I felt like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And I kind of knew the block. And so it's basically a block party, you know, it is how I see voting day. And so I'm going to miss some of that vibe this year because of the pandemic. But my preference is in person because I get to look people in the eye and then try to guess who you vote
1: for. <laughs> I do the same thing. And I never
0: get satisfaction because it's not like I, they tell right. me, you know, I just get to play. It's a one sided game, but I enjoy it still. I love it.
1: I, too, love the circular wall of campaigning that's like, yeah. it's like the eye of Sauron flattened everything right up to that point. Um. <laughs>
0: it's, it's also, you know, the, the I want to give some love to the poll workers because they've got a job. It's like pop-up DMV, but with smiles. You know, it's like you get what you came for. You get to do it, and they, they verify your name, your address. Cool. And you finding your name, like, are you in the A to you know, P or whatever, the Q to Z. I don't know how they split it all the time, but I just, and with congressional district or state district, it's this kind of like, it just reminds me of being a kid at like recess or like gym class where you're like, line up according to height. (laughs) And then I need all the T's over here. And then you're going to do this. And and, and they have a very, uh, usually maternal, it's often like older women who have been the poll workers. So they remind me of my school teachers as a kid or, some family members, and I just feel loved a little bit, you know, and and kind of taken care of. And in that sense, it's not the DMV at all, you know. It's like, or any or any other place. Sometimes you know, folks are just trying to process you and get you through. And I've always felt, maybe ninety five percent of the time, uh, these poll workers are there truly to help, and it's they're volunteering, you know, to sit in a fire department or a school all day and help you flex this power that we've all earned.
1: I too am a big lover of the poll workers. I always try to thank them and I want to bring them snacks, but I don't think you're allowed to. It's very tricky.
0: I mean, would that be bribing? I don't know know, because it's not like
1: I'm asking them to change anything or, you know, but yeah, but I do feel bad that they're there all day long. I'm glad that you mentioned that they're, you know, trying to help this process of people using their power as citizens. We know that not everybody who is eligible to vote is out there doing this simple thing that can, you know, completely shift their world. If you can just talk to a person and you discover they're not voting, what's the one thing that you tell them in the hopes that they will actually take advantage of this right?
0: I don't tell them anything right off the bat, honestly, Holly. I ask them, why not? And that's usually revealing because some people say, because I can't, (laughs) I'm too young or I have a felony record and I'm not allowed to in this state, or I'm not a legal citizen. You know, I I have a certain immigration status. And so if I had started lecturing, now I'm the jerk, you know? (laughs) And so it's important to get that context. But when they are eligible and don't, it's often like, oh, the system is just totally rigged. Or my vote doesn't count because the electoral college and these presidential things, and I live in a state where I already know. And so what I try to then think about is, You know, depending on who they are, some people respond to the idea that, uh, and this is my favorite one, we get to overthrow our government every couple of years, like peacefully. You know what I'm saying? Because government overthrows, like you see that stuff on the news, it can be messy. (laughs) But we get to throw people out of power (laughs) and put other ones in, in our name, if we feel like the folks aren't doing a good job. And that's a beautiful idea. Like regularly scheduled peaceful revolutions, you know, they're like commercial breaks in in power shifting. That is as part of it. Sometimes I tell people, look, a lot of folks have sacrificed a lot for this right, especially if they're black like me. And I'm like, our ancestors fought a lot for us to be able to exercise this right. But what I I don't try to oversell it because. I know a lot of people who have been told that their vote doesn't count, that they don't matter. And they've been told more passively, not with those words, but by being ignored for years by politicians, by the system, by people in power. And then folks want to come around last minute and tell you how important you are. And we all recognize fakeness. You know, you recognize it in that friend that's not really a friend, in that boss that just wants to get extra work out of you and doesn't actually respect you. <laughs> and so you recognize it in, in a political operation that wants to get something from you, but has never shown up to give you anything. I got to honor that honestly. And I can't pretend like that's not true. And so for that harder case, it's like, good point. Dude, you're right. The system is not always responsive. And so here's what I'm asking. Let this be a step. Because when you don't show up, they also win. You know, there are people who gain from our lack of participation. And it makes their job easier, actually. Because then they can just focus on a smaller and smaller size of people who do show up and who do write checks. So let's make their jobs harder. Let's make them earn the right to represent us. And then let us show up every other day. In different ways. And voting is so important, but it's one of many ways we can show up as citizens. And usually they start crying and they do like a slow clap, you know? And right. then they call their mothers and bring their kids around. And we start singing and dancing. <laughs> and we go register and, and then we try to vote right then. It's usually not voting day. And I have to explain, like, there's an actual day when you're allowed to do this. Yeah, wait. <laughs> but we can practice. And so you like simulate the whole act. But that's the spirit of what I try to say. Like I said, it depends on who it is and what the context is. But I really believe that we have power and that we need to be claiming it all the time. And that's what democracy is supposed to be. It's literally people power.
1: I like to envision in my head that story continues with you go get tattoos with the people. That oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We, and we become yeah. like a secret club, you know, a democracy gang, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we just run around flexing civic power. It's amazing. Like, we show up to protest. We hold corporations accountable for their decisions. We demand living wages. We get to know our neighbors. You know, we understand the history of the places we live in. It's crazy when you start feeling that power that we all have access to
1: Baratunde. You know. You're like a voting superhero to me now. Like in my head, <laughs> I want to send you a really cool cape and just watch you go around and start these grassroots movements.
0: You know, you mentioned the the podcast that I did. We're having a moment. There's a new one that we're launching. It's called How to Citizen with Baratunde, and uh, it drops August 27th. And we're we're trying to turn this word citizen away from just a legal status and more into a verb. Let us flex the power that we have and that definitely includes voting and in this time in particular uh, i i dream of record turnouts and reminders that we can pull those levers metaphorically speaking and then keep showing up in all these other ways
1: you are just a delight thank you so much for sharing your wit and your time and your passion for this subject with me today
0: thank you for the opportunity thanks for the opportunity to get up so early la time to talk to you this is i'm fired up and ready to go now this is great
1: It's very early for you. Yes,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) It feels early for me, and I'm three hours later than you.
0: Got to get up and stand up.
1: Hey, are you not registered to vote yet, but you think it's something you want to do? You may still have time. Voter registration deadlines vary by state. So to find out the scoop for where you are, check out a nonpartisan registration voting site like headcount.org or fairvote.org. Why I'm Voting is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your favorite shows.